Throughout the year, we have questions to line up. Uh, we usually just put it away. We don't look at it. We don't care about the questions. But every once in a while, just like Michael Scott, you know, you got to open up those questions every once in a while uh, to see what's... To see. <laughs> you need to do something about your coffee, bread. About your coffee, bread. <laughs> there were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had advice on racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post, make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Gulfstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one site to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets, RacingDudes.com, as good as it gets, RacingDudes.com, for all of your needs, RacingDudes.com, for all of your leads, RacingDudes.com, for all of your bets, RacingDudes.com, as good as it gets. What is up, I'm Jared Welch, he's Aaron Halterman, this is Blinkers Off, what's up my man? What's up guy, or dude, we got a, I thought I called you guy, that's weird. What's up, um, guy? Yeah, what's up guy? That's <laughs> This is super so, strange. <laughs> that was that was a weird take, buddy. Uh, yeah, but what's uh this, this guy's doing all right. Uh, you know, just yeah. uh, it's one of those weeks, right? You know, we uh, we brought you usually when we bring out the mailbag, you know it's one of those weeks that we don't have shit to talk about. You know, the Breeders' Cup's over. Uh, we threw we threw around the idea of talking about the Eclipse Awards, which is kinda like, yeah, you know, that's kind of locked up in, in a way and and most of those divisions. So here we are. We're going to open up the mailbag. We're going to do a little bit of handicapping and rapid fire. But uh, yeah, no, it's just a weird week. You know, we just don't have a lot to talk about before we have a lot to talk about in the next couple weeks. Yep. Worst week of the year. No doubt. My <laughs> least favorite week of the whole year. Uh, it used to be decent because we had the Delta Jackpot and the Delta Princess, which was really fun. They were fun races. They're two old races. Get people excited. Uh, when they took those away, this became the worst week of the year. No doubt about it. There's there's nothing going on. Uh, the good news is it, it really picks up in a, in a big way. Uh, and in a great way, coming coming up here uh, it, with Thanksgiving week is going to be fantastic. The next weekend is the Cigar Mile, which will be great. The next weekend, Gulfstream is back in full force with a big Saturday card. Uh, you know, the next weekend's Los Alamitos uh, Futurity and the Springboard Mile. So it really, through the end of the year, and then, of course, the Malibu on the 26th the next weekend. So through the end of the year, it's going to be great. Uh, this weekend is not a great, <laughs> period. <laughs> Yeah, there's really no way to, no. you know, I, you know, it's like, I did our typical, like, what are we going to do this week? And we we're kind of, kind of ideas, like, damn, it's slim pickings, you know? Even the racing, I mean, you tune in, right? Hope, hope you stay on the podcast, keep listening to who we think, but, uh, I mean, the, the racing is not exceptional this week. And, and it's, it's one really... of those, and it's one of those times where you're like, you ever notice, like, whenever you're handicapping races on weeks like this, where... You're like, oh, I mean, I don't want to chalk out. I want to play, but then you're like, am I picking? Can I really make a case for the ten to one shot running in in this grade three, this shitty grade? Three? You know what I mean? Like, it's it, it almost becomes harder to find those kind of horses because it's like you have a few good ones and that's about it in each race. 
I would much rather pick a long shot in a strong race than in a weak race because exactly what you said. If a race is weak, that means those bottom level horses and those double digit horses are not good, not right. good at all. Yeah. You know, I would much rather it be a strong race, but I just think that you know one of these horses that are ten to twelve to one, it really shouldn't be that. You know, and then and then we'll go with that horse. So yeah, no, for sure, but. I do think there's some really good betting cards uh, this weekend. It's just not the star power. And uh, listen, you can't have it every week. You know, these two weeks after the Breeders' Cup are kind of always like this. And, uh, you know, if you still, if you like to wager, they all pay the same. You know, a 10 to 1 in a, in a claiming race is going to pay the same as a 10 to 1 in a stakes. So that's one way to look at it. Uh, if you're listening to us live, thank you. Uh, we are on, we are streaming right now live, uh, if you are listening live, on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. If you're listening after the fact, uh, make sure you tune into these when we do these live on Thursday nights, Thursday evenings. Uh, the Magic Mike Show was just before us, so hopefully some of you stragglers uh, stayed on and, and are watching us here. And this is a special podcast because we can have a lot of inter- uh, interaction with you guys, so if you have questions... Uh, as, as we open up the mailbag, make sure you ask them in the chat, and we'll make sure to include them, try to include them, uh, on our uh, on our feed here, and we'll answer them live on the air. So, big show, sort of, with the, I mean, actually, the, the questions are interesting, I think. The ones we've, we we got uh, and, and were sent to us, I think, are, are good, and, and, and now for some sort of back and forth between you and I, and something to do, you know, something to talk about. But, uh, before we get into that, best thing you saw today. Oh, this one's easy. This one's easy. It's a it's it's a very special birthday today, dude. Did we got the same one. We got the same one. <laughs> Ryan Stillman, baby, Happy it's his birthday. birthday. Hopefully, he's watching right now. If he is, uh, you know, I told him to tune. I told him to make sure to tune in because yeah. we, uh, I, I was gonna do it. I didn't know you would do it, but uh, happy birthday, Ryan. Yeah, happy birthday to Ryan. Um, yeah, he's, he's him and I are born two days apart. So how about that? You know, that's that's kind of cool. But the, yeah, big happy birthday to Ryan. Uh, you know, greatest guy in the world. You know, there's not there's not even a close second to this guy. Uh, and uh, anyway, he it's crazy. We just met him randomly at the at, on the rail at Santa Anita, uh, first Breeders' Cup we went to at Santa Anita. There he was, and now <laughs> now look at it. You know, so uh, that shows you just how personal and nice that guy is. So definitely, happy birthday to Ryan. If you're fans of the show and you've been on, you've following us for a long time, you know who Ryan is. If you're new to the show, Ryan. Uh, the introduction song that you just heard, uh, <laughs> you know, he did it, you know, and he, and, and, yeah. and frankly, he did, he does so much audio for us. He'll just send us something random. And, and I would say a good, like, <laughs> what would you say? 40 to 50% never gets heard, you know, because it's just, <laughs> right. it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's made for just us, uh, which, which makes it that much better. But I mean, this dude yeah. is a genius and, uh, it just a good, like you say, just a great guy. And he's obviously been on a lot of live streams lately um doing yeah. with the triple triple crown and, and the and the breeders cup and whatnot so uh he's just a good guy and um i think what is he turning 19 today is that yeah. what he is <laughs> he looks about 19 and he acts about 19 right so that's no shit you look at you <laughs> look at good. me you look at me and you and, and compared to when we met him and then you look at him when we like he hasn't changed i don't feel like but i mean shit look at me i, I have a beard that's turning gray uh you know i think you and i have gained at least 50 pounds each since <laughs> s- since we met him yeah. uh that dude i feel like has stayed the same yeah the creator of what the bleep and the fabulous phillies of the week yes th- those are two uh two segments to uh and obviously uh you know you never know that's the thing when you hear what the bleep it's not like it's not like uh, I'm like you or I are like, hey, we should do what the bleep. It's like no, Ryan texted me today and said he's got a new segment for what the bleep, 
Let's do it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so he always comes up with those. Uh, so you know, he does an awesome job there. Um, all right, the Hulkster. That's a great name. Um, we will get to that question here coming up. Best thing I saw today, obviously. I, I mean, we, yeah. we piggyback off of you. Ryan's birthday. Man, I thought I thought I was going to get you on that one. But uh, <laughs> you know, I, I just learned uh, on the topic of Ryan's birthday. I just learned that Ricardo Santana's birthday is today too. So they man. share a birthday together. How about that? How about that? The two, number one, number two, best people in the world have birthdays on the same day. <laughs> that is just amazing. Ricardo and Ryan, we gotta yeah. get those guys. We gotta get those guys in touch. They can share, you know, share a birthday. Who knows <laughs> what else be, they could? Who else? Who knows weird. what else they could share? Uh, <laughs> Slim, do you know uh, Slim? Ryan's interview with Shug in 2017 BC is one of the greatest moments in dude's history. Yeah, yeah. That so Ryan was sent out to be true. the cameraman. Ryan was sent out to be a cameraman backstage or back in the backstretch for Magic, right? And uh, so Magic interviews Shug, and then Ryan, he loves Shug, and. Uh, so first time ever, the cameraman runs up and interviews <laughs> Suge after Magic did. So yeah, I'm I'll sure Suge was like, "What is what is this?" You know. I'll never forget that was in Del Mar, and Halterman and I had uh, we were flying in, and uh, obviously, and, and and Magic and and uh, I don't know Slim hadn't gotten there yet. I don't think no. And uh, obviously, Magic and, and Ryan. Dan. Uh, Dan was back there too. There you go, Dan. That's who it was. I knew there was someone else. And, you know, LA guys. So they went ahead and went to Del Mar. And we land, and it's like we start hearing about like these texts and stuff. Oh my gosh, Ryan did this. And, and we were interviewing this guy and, and Navarro and stuff. And we're just like, oh no. Like, please, <laughs> please make sure they behave themselves back there. And I mean, they did. I mean, it was, it was great content. And yeah. uh, obviously, like like Slim says, one of the best moments. Uh, I mean, how many racing dudes are there? There's uh, well, there's there's uh, uh, him and I are the original. We're the OG dudes. Yep. I mean, that's that's what started it. But we have all kinds of you know, we have Magic who's been chiming in here. Uh, Curtis, that's Curtis there. We got Slim on here. That's another one. Uh, yep. Samich, he's another one. Uh, Ricky's another one. We've got yeah. uh, you know all kinds of honorary dudes. Ryan's a dude. So uh, over yeah. the years, we've just acquired more and more uh, racing dudes, and that's kind of why the name is what it is because you know we yeah. we have all these fans that are part of it. You know. Yeah, basically, uh, Davey Cleveland. If you want to buy us a beer, you become a racing dude. So yep. uh, there's the offer. If you want to be one, I don't know if you want to be one or not. You, but if you, you can buy one of these hats, and you can just tell people you're a racing dude. Right? So. Yeah, you could do that too. We uh, can, whatever you want to do, it's fine. If you want to do it. <laughs> all right, uh, let's get to the question segment. That'll be fun. All right, today's show yeah. we dust off the old mailbag after a long absence. To answer some listener questions or give rapid fire selections for some of the stakes action this weekend at Aqueduct, Churchill Downs, and Del Mar. Let's go! It's time for one of our favorite segments. We don't do it very often, but it's one of our favorite favorite segments we do uh, on this podcast, and that's the mailbag. You know, uh, throughout the year, we have questions to line up. Uh, we usually just put it away. We don't look at it. We don't care about the questions. But every once in a while. Just like Michael Scott, you know, you got to open up those questions every once in a while uh, to see what's... To see. You need to do something about your coffee breath. About your coffee breath. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we answer it more often than I think Michael does. But, so we're here, we have a handful of questions that, uh, from, from some of you guys have sent in, some of the teams sent in. Uh, you have a surprise one that I can't believe was sent in to Ooh. us. Um, I have one from myself uh, that I kind of wanted to get kind of the, the ball rolling, so to speak. So, 
Uh, without wasting any time, uh, let's see, what are the steps to prepare for you? <laughs> 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 oh shit! <laughs> uh, wasn't there a, a wad of gum? In yes. One of them? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody put gum. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Slim. So, uh, to go back to what we were talking yeah. about earlier, do we sure. get to see a Welder versus Whitmore showdown at Oakland this season? That I think it's going to happen. Now they oh. they want they they sound like they're going to run Welder at Oakland. Obviously, mm-hmm. Whitmore, the old guys, coming back for another run. And you and I talked a little about this. It makes a little sense that these two might match up. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I actually spoke with uh, w- with the connections there of Welder and uh, Wel- Welder's definitely going to Oakland. They want to run him there. It's just they love running him at Oakland. And uh, it was just kind of like, well, we're going to point to some of those early sprint races there at Oakland and if Whitmore's there he's there but we want to run at Oakland so yeah I mean we could see it we don't know at this time where Whitmore's pointing uh or specifically where Welder's pointing but you know they're they're six furlong horses uh pointing towards hot springs so there's a shot at it well I mean and people that just think well it's just a horse at Rimington Park and he's at Oklahoma bred who cares but I mean this he would he finish third to Whitmore uh it was I think maybe he got second, actually. Third. He was close was, to it. It was a reasonable effort, considering Whitmore yeah. just won the Breeders' Cup and obviously is a is a is a he's a grade one contender everywhere he goes. Um, right. So Welder, obviously a, a very legit horse. All right, uh, let's hope that goes down because when it happens, be great. I, I, I know two guys <laughs> that will for sure be there. Yeah. Um, to watch it. All right, so let's go to the first question again. I'll do my best, and if you see one pop up, Paul Terman just put it up there. Um, alright. Oh, shit. Woo! It's that time again. Y'all know what time it is. Time to open the mail. Time to read letters that you wrote in the mail. It's time to open the mail. Some questions are great, some are an epic fail. We can't believe the shit that you said. But now it's time for all your questions to be finally read. Finally read. Here's a question that comes in. I'm betting show wagers with moderate success. Is this something I should keep doing, or is it a waste of time? Yeah, I wanted to get to this one because we had a listener. This this uh, listener emailed me about this. Uh, I, I don't think shows are a waste of time as long as you're doing it the right way. Like You don't want to bet a show in every single race. Uh, that's not a way to make money. But if you pick the right spots, a show wager can be fine. Uh, you need to... You, an eight horse or more field is probably the first step to to betting a show. You need yeah. to have a lot of entries into the race, so eight or more. Uh, and and then you know don't bet the four to five favorite to show. If you're betting a show, your goal should be a three dollar return on a two dollar wager at minimum. That should be your floor. Um, I think if you're doing that, it's okay. I, I I think they can be profitable if you pick your spots. If it's a ten horse field. And you see your handicapper and say, boy, I really can't find a winner. But here's this five to six to one or greater horse. And I really think this horse is going to run well. Not sure if he'll win or she'll win, but I think he'll run well. It's probably worth the wager because if, if that horse shows in a 10 horse field and, he's, and he or she is five, six to one, you're probably going to double your money. And I don't think that's a bad wager. Yeah, I mean... I'm sure we're not the only ones, and I know we're not the only ones. I mean, the show bet, uh, the the show bet parlays that you do at the track, where that, yep. that this year it obviously hasn't happened, considering not many tracks have had uh, fans there. But yeah, I mean that's something that we always we always try to do just for bullshit, you know, throw in five, ten bucks each or twenty bucks, whatever you want to do. It started off the day, and then you just you know, Caldwell goes first, he picks the first race. It's a show bet. 
puts it all on that horse and he goes to me and I do this, you know, assuming it continue and you just continue to parlay that amount over and over. We've actually gotten to some pretty high amounts, uh, which makes it a lot of fun when you get later in the card. But yeah, I mean, it's not always, it's not, you're not always picking and okay. in that, in that sense, like you said, like that's just for fun. But if you're really getting serious and that's kind of the way I, the way I, when I saw this question, I was like, well, what are you doing with it? Is it for fun? Mm Mm-hmm. If it's just fun to like stay alive, like you you put hundred dollars in your TVG account for the year or whatever, and you're just wanting to kind of have action, like whatever, that's fine. You know, bet two dollars yeah. a show here and there, and you're gonna, I mean, you're gonna do all right. But if it's like, I, I think a really interesting, and probably a lot of people don't know this, before the racing dudes existed, Halterman and I really tried our ways of get into getting into racing. And Halterman mm-hmm. legit tried to become a full time show better. And I, I mean, I'm not, mm-hmm. I say it's funny to say that now, but he, le- yeah. I mean, legit tried. And I think it'd be interesting to write an article or something. I just thought of that. Um, or maybe a, a special pod where we just talk about your, because I mean, this guy was, was, was sitting in an OTV <laughs> putting how many hundreds of dollars on one horse. Yeah, to just to, just to hopefully hit it to break even or to make a little bit of money that day, and so it's it gets intense when you do it. Um, you know, obviously Halter was very selective when he was doing it that way, but you know the swings are big, and you talk about the show pools, and when you, and I think another thing is when you think a favorite is very vulnerable, uh, you know, you think the like he could just run off the board. It makes it very interesting to bet these shows because the show bet or the show payouts just go astronomical. Well, that's the other thing. If you think if, if you think a heavy favorite's not going to hit the board, it, it, you know, then you definitely bet the show because then it's going to balloon the prices. But yeah, to what you're saying, I tried it and it it worked for a while. But the problem and the mistake I made is just betting too short of prices. So that's why I said at the at the at the front at the start, if if you're trying to get a two forty or a two sixty payout, you're you're gonna you might have a month or two where you're hitting them, but then you can lose all of that profit in a day. Uh, because it could flip the other way on you really quick. So it's it's just like any other bet you're going to make. You've got to, hey, okay, here's my expected value. Here's the floor value that I'm going to take here. And if you do that, I, I, I think you can you can bet them. You're, it's yeah. going to be a slow churn, but I think you can be profitable doing that. Would you rather bet, I mean, I, I would rather bet, would you rather bet win bets? Yeah, I think, I think in the end, win bets are, are, are better. Uh, I definitely think they're better. Uh, it's it's just one of those things that the, the return on investment on that show bet is never going to be very large. So in the end, yeah, win bets, are, I think, are, are better to play than shows. But I don't think it's a bad play. And especially for what you said, you want to have some fun. You kind of just want to tread water a little bit, have fun. You you know, you get juiced up about about betting these things. Do it. I, I don't think you're going to lose a ton as long as you, you play it right. Uh, here's a question uh, that came in during the live feed. Do you gents think uh, all the retiring Baffert horses will now go into detox mode? Yeah, for sure. I think they are. You know, yep. uh, rehab facilities, perhaps. Uh, no, I, I, I don't know. I'm not gonna, not gonna get into that. All, all I know, is, and it's all based off of just what you, you know, what I saw with my own eyes, is that the way one of the most beautiful horses I've ever seen in person in my entire life justify the way he went from the way he looked to the way he looked in, well, let's call it detox, mm-hmm. uh, was dramatic. And then he, then he, then he got back. Right. And then he was, he filled out and he was good again, but there was a moment, I mean, there, like he looked really bad. And, and, and people that weren't in the game at that point, I mean, it was a thing. Like people were talking a lot about it. Um, so I, I think that, I don't think, it, I don't think there's any issue with like, 
like he's got the bloodlines and that you know I think he'll be a great sire. But uh, as far as I think it took a little bit of time for him to get kind of back to normal. No doubt, no doubt. When they all said, "Well, when they come off the track, they all look like that," and it's just like that is such BS. Because you're the, I mean, you're really gonna insult my intelligence and say I've never seen a horse come off the track. I mean, they all look amazing. Right. So yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna buy it. But I mean. I don't know. Somebody get a picture of of Authentic or or some of these other horses in a week or two and see what they look like. <laughs> uh, probably in the back stall with a cigarette, probably just. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Let's see. This is this will be a fun one. Who is okay. the uh, who is the greatest racehorse you've seen in person, and what is the best race you've ever seen in person? So this is kind of a two for question, but this is fun because we've seen a lot of good horses and a lot of great performances. Yeah, I've been very lucky to see a lot of great ones. You know, Zenyatta and Rachel uh, are, are right up there. Uh, Justify, who we just talked about, obviously very good. But, uh, you know, for my money, American Pharaoh is the best one I've ever seen. Uh, he just, everything about him was just brilliant, you know. And, and my dad will be pissed that I said that because he would say Zenyatta. But I just don't think Zenyatta ever could have caught that horse. I mean... He was just brilliant. Uh, so, so for me, it's American Pharaoh. And to, to piggyback off that, it'll be hard for any any race or almost any sports moment ever to top the Triple Crown at, at Belmont yeah. when he yeah. won the Belmont Stakes in 2015. Uh, that's the best thing I've ever seen in person. Uh, so it'd have to be that one. Well, uh, okay, so we have that. I had the same one. AP winning the Belmont. That's that's easily. Um, you know, there's a video on our YouTube page somewhere d- deep down there the, of a video I took, and it's insane. It's true pandemonium. I mean, it, I, it, it you can't. Re- I, I've been, I've seen all the sports moments. Uh, you know, obviously being a Chiefs fan last year, uh, and it didn't match up. You know, just to have that kind of, it was just surreal. Um, so uh, I'll let me think of another one to to the piggy to, since you already did that. But I'll mm-hmm. give you my horse, Enable, Enable at the Breeders' Cup. Seeing her. Mm-hmm in the flesh she obviously had already done it so much and then to go and do what she did there just seeing you know a, a, an international type horse who's who it's not not to say a horse like america pharaoh isn't internationally renowned but i mean enable worldwide type horse i mean number one horse in the world um for a while and just yeah i mean she was she, seeing her in person and then going to see you know and we were you know we were you know five feet from her you know we were right there in the paddock and she was surreal, and of course, seeing Godson right there as well. You know that to me, that was almost like a one A and one B. I mean, seeing him and like right there, it's like, damn, that dude's a legend, you know. Um, so that to me, seeing enable in the in the in the Breeders' Cup, uh, in the Breeders' Cup paddock there, and then obviously seeing her do that, put on an amazing performance. So that would be, uh, I mean, that would be my, my my best horse. I mean, obviously American Pharaoh. The day we saw him at the uh, Arkansas Derby. Um, yeah. that might be, okay, I'll just do that. The Arkansas Derby. Arkansas Derby. When American Pharaoh won the Arkansas Derby might be the greatest race I've ever seen in person because he was, he, I mean, it sounds crazy, but when we saw it, we're like, damn, that horse, I think that horse might win the triple crown. Like that yeah. horse, you know, you kind of knew it. You knew it kind of coming in. Um, you know, we were there for the rebel. We were lucky enough to be in the winner's circle for both, uh, the rebel and the Arkansas Derby. Hell, I, <laughs> We accepted the trophy in the Arkansas Derby. I mean, I sh- we shook hands with the governor for crying. It was fucking crazy. Fuck is stupid. Okay, but anyways, uh, it, it was amazing. But yeah, you just kind of knew. And then, of course, when he goes and does that, and, and you just kind of felt like, holy shit, like we, that, we're going to be talking about this race. I remember going home, driving home, mm-hmm. 
And it was almost like one of the cool things about Oakland is we we always drive there because we're close enough to drive, and you know it's it's just not it's a long enough drive, but it's close enough where you don't want, you know you don't want to fly, and. We, it's like you talk a lot on the way home about the weekend, what you saw, and it was kind of silent. Like We were just like, damn, like I cannot believe we just saw that. Yeah, I was lucky enough to see Curlin and Bodemeister do similar things as far as margin of victory. Uh, and I think I think those two and seeing those two live and then seeing what American Pharaoh did – and it's like, oh my God, like that, they don't even hold a candle to what that horse just did. Like that, that was, uh, it was incredible. I, I still think that was one of his best races uh, ever. Uh, it was unreal. So I agree. Yeah, Enable's a good one too. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. I'll tell you this, the, the, the one person in racing that, that we've met, and we're talking about a person now, that I was like, whoa, I'm like a little starstruck. There's only one. And that's uh, uh, freaking Aiden, Aiden O'Brien. Oh, yeah. At, yeah. at, the, uh, at the Kentucky the Derby. Der- the, the 2018 Derby. He's uh, getting ready Middleton to run Mendelssohn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he just popped out of nowhere. And I'm like, holy shit, that's Aiden O'Brien. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And and, and we talked, you, me, and Slim sat there. And, and it was, it was we, were, we were waiting to go out onto the our spot before the one hour, you know, you know, before the race. So he's got he's got Middleson, right? Big, you mm-hmm. know, and, and he's just and he we're hanging out in the tunnel waiting to go out. And he's just like we just chatted with him. Super nice yeah. guy. To be that kind of like star power. Um yeah. all right, here's a good question live and, and this will be it, we will miss something here for sure because it's you're asking us live. Uh, oh, who's yeah. our Mount Ru- yeah. who's our Mount Rushmore of US horse racing? All horses and people can be included. So let's do this together. Um you gotta throw in Secretariat. That's yep. I mean, Secretariat. I was gonna say that. Yep. So there's one. Uh, J- John White says Man of War. So I would have to. I would have to. You know, say Man of War because of how John talks about him. Can John White be on it? <laughs> if, if there was <laughs> handicappers, yeah. Uh, Wayne uh, Lucas has to. I mean, I was gonna say D Wayne's got to be on it, right? Yep. When it comes to American, um, you want Tough Luck Bob on there or no? No, um, no. Jeez, <laughs> uh, uh, the third, the fourth spot. So you got, you got Secretariat, pretty... Man of yeah. War, uh, uh, D Wayne. Yeah. Who is the? Who is the number fourth? I'm trying to think of jockeys. I just I don't like any of them enough. Uh, <laughs> um. Mm. That fourth one's tough. That fourth one is tough. In, uh, man, I want to say like a, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of some of those, you know, the horse, but like in our time, I mean, the best horse we've seen in our time has been American Pharaoh probably. Yeah. Um, you know, since, you know, since we've been alive, you've well, since we've been following it, um, Pharaoh, I guess, in, in the, you know, yeah, Bill Shoemaker, that's a good Bill one. Bill Shoemaker um, would be a good one. Yeah, um, I think Bill Shoemaker. Yeah, Pat yeah. Day. Pat uh, Day, maybe. Yep. No, don't. Johnny V. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, about, yeah. how about Calvin Burrell? No, it wouldn't be Calvin Burrell. I think the Shoemaker or Pat Day is probably the fourth. I mean, you got to yeah. put a jockey on there, right? Let's put a jockey. Pat Day. I'm, yeah. Let's go. I'll go Pat Day. Pat Day is yeah. one of the names that my grandpa always used to talk about. Um, okay. you know, and, 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 and Pat Day, at least the way I understood it, Pat Day was just, he was just almost as automatic as an ATM goes. You know, like when he was on a horse, that, that he, he was going to win a race. And that dude, I, I mean, we don't, we have ho- jockeys like that now, but not. It, 
we have a pretty good colony, but it seems like when he was in a race, he was a lock. I'll, I'll give you one last Pat Day story, and I'll, I'll never forget this as long as I live. My grandpa was a huge gambler, maybe the biggest in, in our town. And uh, he went down to Oakland once, and he's told me this story a thousand times. He said, I, I bet the daily double, and I had Pat Day in the second race, and I got a 10-to-1 shot home in the first race. He said, and Pat Day's 1-to-2 in the second race. I think the double was going to pay decent because of that 10-to-1 shot. And, and as, as Pat Day, or as my grandpa describes it, Pat Day jumped off his horse right out of the gate. I said, you mean he fell off? No, the bastard jumped off. It was a fixed race. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's my, uh, that's my uh, Pat shit, Day story. That's, yeah. that's great. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> here, another question real quick. Explain the pick four. Pick four is you got to pick four races in a row. So uh, that's uh, yeah. it's kind of simple as that. So they have different sequences at different racetracks. Depending on the track, you might have three, four, maybe one, two, whatever. Uh, he's got to pick those four races in a row. So for instance, let's say races one through four, just make it easy. Uh, you got to pick the winner in each of those four races. You can go, you can play one horse in each race. You can play all of them in each race, you know, just depending Mm -hmm. on your budget. Um, but yeah, just picking four races in a row is, uh, called the pick four. You have a pick five, you have a pick three, you have a daily double, which is two races, um and that and pick sixes of course for the jackpots those things but yeah the pick four is four races in a row all right another question these are going good all right uh which member of this is an interesting one uh which member of this three-year-old crop right now Mm -hmm. will have the best four-year-old season so uh that one's tough because you know you gotta you gotta also think of forces that are not retiring right um uh, so, you know, that takes authentic out, uh, boy. Um, so I, I'm, I'm kind of going with outside the box a little bit with this one. I think thousand words is going to have a huge four year old year. That's mine. That's not terrible. Um, I, I think, I think he's, I think he's, he needs is that time to grow. Um, he's going to face probably a weak bunch out in Southern California uh, in the handicap division, I think Thousand Words is going to have a pretty good year in 2021. You just got to be careful with you know because those horses you never never know. Uh, he, but I tried to come up with the baffer because it was like, okay, who has he not ruined? You know, and and that <laughs> that was one that he yeah. hasn't yet. You know, because he's been he's shown flashes, but he hasn't quite got there. Um, I I went outside the box a little bit too. Um, I think Nashville will be a really good four year old. I mean, I think his oh, yeah. four year old yeah. his four year old year could be flawless. Uh, you know, tis the law. Obviously, that's that's a pretty uh, generic one. Uh, I think yeah, Happy Saver is a decent one. Um, mm-hmm. how about this is a horse? Now he didn't do me any favors. Um, at the end of this year, but all year I kept thinking, man. Pneumatic is going to be a really good four-year-old. Jeez, yeah. I but hope you're right. He, uh, you understand what I'm saying? You owned him in the mm-hmm. fantasy league. You, I mean, he. I, the reason I didn't claim him was like I think he's going to be a better four-year-old, and he just showed some flashes. Um, but yeah, his, he looked. He looked. He tailed off, right? So can you know? It was a. T- it's a typical like, ask me some thing to get one of these kind of horses to be better, older, right? Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's one that I always have had my eye on, but so I Nashville's my, my number one. Uh, Charlatan. Um, I, 
I think I think Nash or uh, uh sorry pneumatic because uh, the Nashville's a good answer for sure, but I think pneumatic's kind of like the sneaky thousand words type answer. It's like yeah, he sh- he could be, you know, but uh, um, yeah. so we have a few people talking about Charlatan on here. Yeah, I mean Charlatan, <laughs> we'll see him uh, in the Malibu. So I mean, I guess if he does well there, I mean he could have a big year. I'm still wondering, you know, he what is he? You know, like what you know one with his positives and two is health you know how how healthy can he be stay and if even if he is great even if he has a supreme amount of talent can we see him much in this four-year-old year uh, all good questions i think he's a question mark i definitely think he's got the talent he showed the talent so charlatan's not a bad answer there either for sure i think he's a one-turner though i don't really think he's a two-turn horse but i agree uh, we'll um see. you know and i think it to me like the horses we, you know nashville obviously is printer tis law you know we could see in the classic tis the law pneumatic and thousand words all at this point potential breeders cup classic favorites for 2021 so that that that's i think that's very easy to say right pneumatic all three of those could very easily be the favorite in the classic next year but again all three could very easily not be in the race as well so (laughs) that's that's where we're at Little message here from the editor. Uh, we completely left out Maxfield of this conversation. Uh, you know, <clears throat> I blame myself, really. I, I love this horse. Uh, back in training, uh, back as a four-year-old, we don't really know the plans, but obviously had a ton of potential last year uh, and the year prior. Um, so we don't know yet and if he can stay healthy. But if he can, uh, his name would definitely be in the conversation with a lot of those other uh, soon-to-be four-year-olds we mentioned. So Maxfield... Uh, we talk about him a little bit later in the show that we forgot. Uh, I'm including them in here because if you're listening to this, and oh my gosh, Maxfield, you're screaming at the at your at your uh, speaker or your headphones or whatever, and it's like, no, we, we we forgot. How can we forget? Please forgive us, Maxfield. Maxfield uh, could be something big as a four year old. Now back to the show. Um, all right, we got questions coming in. Let's do some of ours, and we'll get to those. Uh, if the dudes had their own stakes race. Uh, what track would it be at and what would the conditions be? Uh, non-graded, 100K purse is what this guy said. But uh, in general, where would you want a stakes race ran at? And, uh, are, you know, Racing dudes, stakes, uh, what's your perfect race? I thought about this one a lot. It definitely would be at Saratoga. Uh, that's where I would, I would want it, just because, that, just because of the history. I mean, I would definitely want that. Past that... I don't really care what distance or what surface is that, you know, as long as that's Saratoga, I would make it open company, you know, let, let's let everybody involved. I, I like, I would, it'd be cool to have a race where boys would face girls, but uh, yeah, give me one at Saratoga, uh, any distance, any surface would be fine. Yeah, I said Saratoga as well. I mean, big shocker, right? Uh, Saratoga, mile 16th on the dirt. That's, that's where I was because that, that gets you the most general, um, gets you a, a possible like classy horses. But it also, uh, you know, on the dirt, and you'll you get a little more of the versatile horses that can run. You know, maybe they're stretching out, and or also can go longer. So mile sixteenth on the dirt at Saratoga, uh, that'd be all right. We can do that. All right. Uh, let's see here. Let's do. Um, which type of exotic bet would you most likely avoid due to investment and winning percentage? This is from the Hulkster on the live stream. Ooh, um, I would probably, gosh, I think I would, I think long-term the trifecta is tough because I think to, to be successful, to hit the try, you got to invest a little bit of money. And I don't think the strike rate is kind of, 
is good enough. I think with the Exacta long term, you're going to be a little more profitable. I also think with the Superfecta too, because you may not hit very many, but when you hit, it really pays a lot more than the Tri. So I'm going to go with the Tri. I, I, I don't like the Trifecta all that much. The Tri is my favorite bet in racing. Um, <laughs> hands down. But I do agree. Like, the Super, I don't ever even touch. I don't touch it. I don't like it. It's not my thing. But I get, like, from a from an ROI standpoint, you hit one, you make your day, you know? So even even in chalky races, it's, you can somehow make money in Supers. So I get that. I would. I mean, I think tries are a little bit tougher, but you can... Um, you can make some money. I love the Exacta too. I'm the Exacta keeps growing on me. Um, you know, obviously after our big Breeders' Cup cash, I love the Exacta. So I'd probably agree with you. That the tries is is, uh, but your boy, I'm not avoiding it. You know, I, I love it. <laughs> some of my bigger caches have been tries. Um, I don't. I play them very selectively though. I, I'm different. I don't. I don't play every race try. Every race try. Some races I'm playing to win. Some places races. If I think the value's there in a try, I mean, you, we if you listen to last week's show. Uh, you know, we were so close on so many tries that could have paid huge in the Breeders' Cup, and that's kind of the name of the game of the tries. Um, you know, you try to invest as little as you can and make some big, big caches. But um, I kind of agree with you there. Uh, let's mm -hmm. see here. Here's one one of our questions that came in uh, or that I brought to the table here that I thought was interesting. Um, was today I did a pick four at Rivington Park. It came uh, that from the email, the free pick four. Uh, for $64. He was excited. He hit it. The picks won until he found out it paid $31.25. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just sometimes uh, like a whole lot of other people also get it right, or should I have played something else? I'm wondering if I made a mistake. No, so uh, it, what, what basically what happened is at Remington, this was at Remington on Tuesday, and usually the Remington pick four will pay anywhere, uh, you know, even if it's pretty chalky, you'll still pay a couple hundred bucks. And it could pay anywhere from like 200 to 2000 So it's it's huge, usually. Uh, so we played a $64 ticket, and I'm thinking, okay, if we play the $64 ticket, everything breaks right, it could pay three to $500. That's kind of the range I was looking at. Well, every favorite won. So what happens with the pick four wager is all the money goes into the pool, and then it's all, the, the pool is split between all the people that hit the, the wager after the track takes their takeout. Well, everybody hit it because the favorites won every race. So that's why it only paid $31. Uh, you know, uh, but again, I felt like a $64 ticket at Remington is, is comfortable and, and not, not over the budget of what you should play because of the value that, that, that bet usually pays out. So it was just one of those things where, uh, you know, every damn favorite won one races uh, seven through 10 at Remington on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean that it's, I mean it's pretty hard to to hit a ticket. I mean if if you would have said and told me that the ticket your ticket was one hundred fifty bucks and, and you lost money, I would say well that's pretty it, yeah. that's a pretty expensive ticket. But to, to spend sixty four dollars and still lose money, not only lose money but like half your money, um, that's pretty tough to do. So that's pretty rare. Uh, so I, I don't think I would get too worried about that happening. It's just like you say, it's one of those that those small tracks um, like Remington. Whenever you have a, a chalky pick four it's not going to pay anything, you know, it's just not, um, yeah. pool sizes are smaller than maybe a, a huge track. And then you're just, you're just not going to make any money. So, um, and by, here's what, here's a good one. And by the way, I, I had these all like written out already, like for the, the banners and I forbid forgetting to do it. So look, look at this one. 
<laughs> I did not do this one. Um, apparently, magic, <laughs> apparently, magic's been lurking in the background. Uh, at what point did you realize that the Magic Mike Show had become the better podcast on RacingTubes.com? Uh, yeah, we're still... Uh, I never had realized that yet, I guess. But, um, you know, I, I think at times they, they start to turn that corner and then, you know, something happens like, hey, Blaine was an international horse, wasn't he? And, you know, and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe not, right? <laughs> well, well, honestly, every time I I, yeah. I listen to the show and I'm like, oh, I liked it, you know, and then I li- and then like you say, and then I realize, oh, well, I, I listen to one other show, like one more, like I'm like, all right, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's why, that's why, uh, no, um, but no, that's that's pretty funny. Thank you for chiming in. Uh, here's a good one. Uh, I recently saw that Monomoly Girl was sold for $9.5 million at auction, uh, which was awesome, uh, and she, but she may continue to race. Why? <laughs> well, that's a good question, really. I, I thought she was done as well. So she sold for nine point five at auction for what I thought was broodmare uh, potentials. You know, you go, here's what happens if you don't kind of follow that into the game. You're going to send Monomoy Girl uh, to a champion stud, and, you know, she's going to have a colt or a filly, and you can sell that uh, colder filly on auction for a couple million dollars, you know, because the breeding is so damn good. And you do that a lot and you make a lot of you can make a lot of money off of it. But I think with uh, with the fillies, sometimes what happens is, uh, you know, if you got a stallion and you, you can pump out 50, 50, you know, horses a year, well, then obviously you get that return a lot quicker with this. You know, I think they just decided let's try to recover some of that money by racing. And, and you look at these purses early in the year where they can kind of run her for the first three or four uh, months of the year if they want next year. And it's pretty lucrative. You think about the Pegasus. You think about the Saudi Cup. You think about uh, uh, the Dubai World Cup. You win, you know, well, you win the Saudi or Dubai, you've got your money back pretty much. And the Pegasus yeah. would, would get you, you know, two, three about $3 million as well. So... You know, for the money. That's why she's coming back, the long and short of it. Here's the thing. I've struggled with this one because I don't feel like she has anything left to prove. Um, I kind of wanted her to, like, kind of sell off into the sunset, so to speak. You know, she won another Breeders' Cup distaff, and, and she's obviously a super, one of the super fillies we've ever seen. Um, and it's like, all right, just, you know, she this horse has survived, you know, like not just one race, she survived, you know, she almost died, this horse, and then she had injuries, and it was off from, a, you know, take a, a be off for like a year, uh, and then she'd come back, and then she'd win. I mean, this horse, like we've mentioned a hundred times, this horse has been beaten by one horse in her entire career. Um, so, yeah, it's, but the, but the, the money part does, especially when you sit here and talk about, okay, Running the Pegasus, running the Saudi Cup. I mean, Midnight Bisou about one Saudi Cup, um, yeah. and and Monomoy's better than she is or was. And so, I mean, who are you going to pick over her? You know, like like she's she's mm-hmm. the, she deserves it. Like she, if they're if she's gonna run, she's very well in the in the in the consideration, right, to win each of those races, no doubt. Um, she's, she's she'll be the, the favorite. In the Pegasus, she'll be the favorite. Yeah, if she's in it. Yeah, and if she wins the Pegasus, she'll be. The, she might be the favorite in the Saudi Cup. She will be. That's the favorite right. So, it's like how. Yeah. So to one to an extent, I'm like, yeah, I get it. It just, I guess, part of you too is kind of like you know, like when it, when a team or whatever goes out undefeated or a player goes out and wins wins the championship, you know, and, and the wins the Super Bowl. You, you're like, all right, you've done nothing. You don't have nothing else to prove. Just retire. You know, don't 
Mm-hmm. Don't come back and it be like a deal, you know, like where maybe she doesn't look good or whatever. But, and you know, but to that point, you know, you never know. Sometimes, you know, horses like Zenyatta and Rachel, obviously Rachel couldn't, you know, they had to stop, you know. And so, you know, yeah. you just never know how these horses are going to turn out. And a horse like Zenyatta just freakish, as freak as she was, just wasn't turning out, you know, horses, you know, but they just no. weren't very good. So, um, yep. it's just one of those things. It makes it tough. So, um, let's see here. I don't know if I should do that one. Um, I love the question. It's a, it's a, no, we're not doing that a, one. <laughs> I love it. The Hulkster, but I'm not going to bring it up here. Um, no, maybe ask us personally at the track one day. Um, what, what about, what about, uh, how about this one, this one. Yeah, oh, was yeah. that it? All right. Yeah. In the form yeah. of a question, what are some of the signs that a favorite is potentially a bad favorite? Good question. Javon 78. Yeah, good, very good question for sure. I, I think a, a suspicious drop down in class is definitely one uh, there, where a lot of times you're going to see a favorite go down. So that is definitely the first thing to look at. And what I mean by that, let's say a horse is running in an allowance race or they've been running in like $50,000 claimers and then they show up in a $14,000 claimer. That's usually a really bad sign. Uh, it happened today at Aqueduct actually in the first race and the horse finished off the board. So uh, that can happen a lot. Another thing is a, a horse is a huge favorite, but he's, he or she's doing something for the very first time. Uh, like, let's say that, uh, it, you know, a horse has been sprinting and, and looking like a beast, and then they stretch that horse out to two turns, and, and they're facing other horses that, that have been running at two turns. You're kind of going to want a little more than, let's say, three to five on that horse that's sprinting. So there's another uh, example. And I, I will look at Charlatan as an example. Okay, he was actually, you know, he was bet down in that first Arkansas Derby, and he was probably deserving of those odds because that rate, that the, the field behind him was terrible. But if he would have been drawn into that second Arkansas Derby field that had Nadal, that had King Guillermo, uh, you know, there were there were three or four other ones that were pretty good in that race. He would have still been a pretty short price, and he would have gotten beat because he didn't run well doing that thing for the very first time. So that's that is a another angle right there. Uh, you know, I think those are the two best. The other thing, sometimes a trainer jockey combo will get hot for say a week, and then all their horses are getting bet the next week. You know, uh, so when when connections are over bet. Uh, and you look at it and go, well, why is this horse three to five? He hasn't done anything. And you look and it's like, oh, it's it's the connections. That's a good horse to try to beat. Yeah, I mean, uh, all those are great. Um, for me, sometimes it's in it's in this, like a big stakes race when you know, and we saw it with Jackie's Warrior. Um, when you have a situation where a horse just pops a huge race, and they're running in a race that's tough, like tougher than they've been running in with with classy horses in it as well. You're like, damn, that horse is ready to regress a little bit. And you have, it's one thing for it to, to, to regress some, but when you have a good horse is also in the race, like, man, it's, this horse is facing tougher than it's ever done. In Jackie's Warrior's case, it's like going further than it's ever gone. You know, there, there's, there's when it stacks up like that, you have to kind of look. And I know that sounds stupid now because they're like, hey, we love Jackie's Warrior. <laughs> yeah. um, and I get yeah. it. I get it, but you know, there's times when those situations occur that you look back and like, damn it, you know, like it, we and we talked about it. It was a dumb bet, you know. It was a dumb bet. We talked about it, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, situations like that when a horse um, just seems to kind of be running too good, right? And and, and yep. then you get into the next race is tougher than it was, and and doing something new, you know, those factors go into play. Uh, it makes it tougher. Um, 
Let's see here. In your opinion, uh, in your opinion, is Linda Rice in the clear? By the way, boo for passing up the other question. <laughs> Trust me, I really wanted to answer that question. But uh, Linda Rice, what do you think about Linda Rice? Slim, you got any comments? Um, on Rice? <laughs> you know, honestly, I haven't. I haven't been following that enough. I. By the way, this usually goes. She'll probably be in the clear. You know, <laughs> I, you know what? I haven't been following that case uh, near enough to give you an intelligent answer. Um, let's see here. Are you surprised by authentic stud fee? Um, it's always tough. The first stud fee is always pretty tough. It's probably about right. Um, yeah, he's he's bred awfully well. You know, into mischief is is probably the best sire in the country. And uh, being the son of Into Mischief and, and winning the Kentucky Derby and winning the Breeders' Cup Classic, I mean, I, I expected it to be about what it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm really not that surprised, to be honest with you. I, I think uh, that's, for what he's done this year as a three-year-old, we, you know, we know he's got, I mean, like you say, the breeding's there. Um, yeah. You know, the way he ran, the the way he ran these last few races, I, I, I still can't quite explain that he got beat by Swiss to go ever. <laughs> Do you want me to break it down for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, besides, besides your favorite jockey, besides, besides your favorite jockey. Um, all right. One last question that we'll get in well before this one. Okay. This one's a shocker. I don't know. Um, I couldn't believe we got this, but uh, here it is. <laughs> I know, I know who sent this. Oh, do you? No, you don't. Oh, I, I think got, you might be, I have a guess. I, you might be surprised. I have a guess. Uh, okay. Suck it, bitches. 525k. I know one thing I won't be buying with my new money. Your picks. Signed, Hidden Scroll. Wow. I thought for sure it'd be Tough Luck Bob no, that, you know, that wrote in. But. I, 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 Tough Luck Bob goes automatic yeah. spam on mine. So, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, no, Hidden Scroll. He's like he's done with the he's done with the bullshit from us. He's not buying our picks, and he just made. What do you think of 525k on Hidden Scroll? And he might, and that be not might be another one that runs again. So. Oh, he's 100% running again. He's running with Brad Cox, and I think it'll end up being a pretty good purchase, actually. I think a lot of Twitter went nuts over this, and it is crazy to think about it. But honestly, if I, and now I would have to have a ton of money. I mean, a ton. But I would try this. I think it's a I think it's a worthy gamble because if you change the trainer to Brad Cox, this horse isn't as bad off as Nick's Go, right? You would agree with that? And Nick's, mm -hmm. Nick's Go is a Breeders' Cup winner. You know, gonna give it to Brad and, and see what happens. And, and I think what they're thinking is, hey, we can win a few stakes with him. And and if we do, this horse is gonna be worth a hell of a lot more than that. And, and so, I honestly, I don't think it's a bad purchase. Uh, it definitely could could turn out to be a blow blow up in your face. There's no question about it. But think about it. He's going to be able to stand somewhere, even if it's at Arkansas. You know, somebody's gonna breed to this horse because they love speed. They love breeding to speed. Well, you're gonna probably get five five hundred twenty five thousand back, even worst case scenario with him. So, I don't think it's as bad as people think, especially when I heard who the trainer was gonna be of this horse. Not, when you heard the trainer, you're like, "Oh shit, here we go." Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I think uh, you know he's that's one I, I mentioned earlier with Monomoy. Like, don't what do you, like this horse has a whole hell of a lot to prove. Um, and we know the talent is there. We saw it. This horse has just been one shit show after another, whether it be, you know, act ups so in the gate or switching from turf to dirt or what. I mean, it's just like the one thing you can say is like this horse has never had like any sort of like rhythm, you know, like it's just, just mm -hmm. been like all over the place. And 
And if if Brad can work his magic, I mean, shit, like you said, Nick's go. I mean, look at that that horse. All of a sudden, Nick's go has come went from being like absolute joke to being a Breeders' Cup winner, like you said, and one that we're like, man, keep running, go run the peg, you know, like keep running, like because this horse is so good. I mean, you and I picked him in the freaking Breeders' Cup. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like I never thought there'd be a world that we did that in. Um, nope. But but here we are. And and, and Hidden Scroll, <laughs> he'll he'll be fun one to watch. I'll give him that. And five hundred twenty five k, like you said, he's got he's got pretty good bloodlines. Uh, if things still don't pan out, you send him back there, and you know over time maybe you you get close to breaking even. Um, yeah. And say say for instance, say he's awful, then you take him in a stallion, and maybe he's got a. 5,000 stud fee or something. Yeah. Well, what what if his horses start coming to the track and start being really good? Like, he starts getting some graded stakes winners. Well, his, then the stud fee goes up. So he's got a lot of longevity when it comes to how you get that money back. And with the upside, I think that makes a lot of sense to me. It's it's not, though, it, it's not, like, it's not great, right? Like, this is not a slam dunk. It kind of purchase. But... You know, you think about this for just a second. Would you rather have, would you rather spend $9.5 million on Monomoy Girl or five twenty-five on on Hidden Scroll? I, I think they both could be sitter and, and say, that's a gamble. Like, what if Zenyatta sold for 50, like $9.5 million? You, right. you, would, you, you haven't recovered that, you right. know? I mean, obviously she didn't. The, the owners kept her. But what if she did? You, you're never going to recover that. So... Each one is a, it's its own gamble. I'm obviously right now it, it certainly looks like Monomoy Girl is the better buy, and she very well could end up being. But I'm saying I, I don't think this is the worst thing ever. Like a lot of people think uh, for Hidden Scroll, we'll see what happens with it. I always thought I've always thought that the that that side of things is would be so tough as far as owning a, a, a mare because yep. it's such it's a longer it's a longer time right to get your money back you know they and you don't know how they're going to breed and how they're going to you know how they're going to do it's not like you like you say you just want to dun them and and, and bring in another mare and bring in another mare i mean that's that's his yep. money right it's cash money all day long uh especially that first season when you don't know first two seasons really when you really don't know how those horses are going to pan out so you're just pumping them you know like yeah. <laughs> literally uh but no i mean that that but i guess the only thing that makes sense is if you are a big time uh you know ownership and you just need mares right you want right you're you know you're not going to pay the the fees you're just you're just bringing you're like you say you're getting a mare for pharaoh or whatever and and it happens to be you know got storming or whatever so well and, and same with Mon- dennis trusty says monomoy he'd rather have monomoy okay you're you're let, let's pretend she doesn't race which she's going to that's the other factor with her that i think makes it valuable okay you paid 9.5 million for it right you sell the first three uh, foals and let's say you get three million dollars total for them. Let's just throw out a number. Okay, you're still in the whole six point five. What happens if those foals get to the track and they run like shit? All of a sudden, her next one's not going to sell for a million. You know, and now what? You know, so I, I don't know. I think she's somewhat of a risk. Maybe one day Monomoy and in, in scroll can. Uh... Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> best of both worlds. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, no. No. But uh, all right. Uh, I think as I'm just kind of waiting for more questions to come in, but I think that's that's a pretty yeah. good mailbag segment for uh, for something we don't do very often. Uh, and nice to see Hidden Scroll kind of sign off on that last one. So uh, yeah, no optimizer. Uh, no, no, no optimizer. I kind of thought. 
I kind of thought that uh, Oxbow would say something, just considering we kept seeing him uh, <laughs> when we were at Keeneland. <laughs> hey, we saw Optimizer too. He was he's at Cali oh, yeah. Matt. Yeah, he, was, he was probably out there with him. No, yeah. he was he was in the pond, like trying to swim. He didn't quite figure it out the stallion like yet. So. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> All right, that concludes another edition <laughs> of the Melbourne. Time for Rapid Fire, presented by Racing Dudes Premium. If you like our free picks, go out to racingdudes.com on the products page and make sure to check out Racing Dudes Premium to get uh, exclusive picks and analysis from ourselves, of course, and, uh, as well as Ricky's Rockets and Somo Bombs. Uh, you know, we give free picks every single day on the website on all our tracks running across the country. But if you want more information, you know, all the exotics, the multi-race type ways, uh, plays, uh, make sure you go check out the products page at racingdudes.com. Subscribe to get all our waging guides for free. All right, we got three rapid fire races. We're going back to handicap. We haven't handicapped since the Breeders' Cup on the show. Uh, it's kind of felt nice a little bit, but we're back to handicapping a little bit. Three stakes races on uh, Saturday, November 21st. We'll start at Aqueduct. Race nine, the Red Smith Stakes, grade three, with 100K for three year olds and up, going one. And three eight miles on the turf field of 11 shows up for this one. It's finally a kind of a race that this horse can win. By the way, he's trying to do it again. Eight to five on Sadler's Joy, the four horse. Are you going to play or try to beat him? No, I'm going I'm to play against him. I hate this horse. I hate most of the horses in this race, so there's a good, good way to start it off. Um, no, I'm against Sadler's Joy. I think he'll run up and have a shot, probably get second. I'm going to go uh, uh, close to the outside uh, rail there, or, or the outside uh, gate with the number 10, Red Knight. Red Knight ran really well his last couple starts. Uh, I'll just start with that. And I think this is a really good, logical spot for this horse. I don't think Red Knight is a grade one winner, but these grade three type races, especially up here at Aqueduct, where you've got a field where Sadler's Joy is the favorite, anytime you catch a field like that, you know you're in a pretty good spot to win, right? Because he just simply doesn't win. So um, Red Knight for me on top, uh, you know, Sadler's Joy definitely has the flashiest resume and things like that. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I just can't back him, especially at a short price at eight to five. So I went to, to the next lo most logical option and the horse that's running the best right now with number 10, Red Knight. Now this, yeah, I liked Red Knight. And again, I, with this, with this race, I think you have to, uh, you have to, I mean, you ha you don't, I mean, you don't want to be beat by Sadler's Joy, but at the same time, try to find value. When it comes to picking the winner, I, I am, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to pick Sadler's Joy. I mean, he won this race last year. Um, he's finally at a... I, I get it. He never wins because he runs in races that he didn't need to be in. I mean, he, he ran in back-to-back -back grade ones. Channelmaker beat him both times, which kind of comes back to, to flatter him a little bit because Channelmaker ran huge in the Breeders' Cup. Um, you know, the Bowling Green, uh, he, you know, the grade two at Saratoga, he wins. Uh, the last time he ran in grade three, which is this race at the Red Smith last year, he wins. So he's finally... By the way, he beat the horse you're picking, Red Knight. I mean... This, He's just been he runs in grade one. That's all he does. Grade one's and grade twos, and he finishes third, runs okay, second, whatever. But these grade threes, I mean, it's just like how he's hard to. I, I get it. He's not sexy. He's going to be a short price. He, 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 the last thing he would do is play eight to five on Salar Joy and he gets second <laughs> or third. That's disgusting. Um, so I'm going to play him. I'm picking him to win. But when it comes to my multis and things of that nature, I'm going to try to beat him in every sense, you know, every way I can. You know, I'm going to try to find value. But I do think. It's, it's, it's true what we talked about earlier. This is, you, you don't try to get super crazy as far as like picking real factor or Chang'e or whatever that horse's name is. You know, it's like the, the horses that are low prices, 
are low prices because they're the best of what we have to offer right now. So I think playing uh, Sadler's Joy and playing Red Knight, Aquaphobia, I like a little bit. Um, those horses make sense here. Yeah, I like Aquaphobia a little bit. That's a horse I cashed in on uh, earlier in the year at Monmouth, but I, you know, hasn't ran very well since. That's the only problem there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I, I, I don't think a double-digit price is going to win this. Right, let's go to Churchill Downs. Race down the Chalukya Stakes, grade three with 100K, Phillies and Mayors. Three-year-olds and up, going one mile. Field of nine lines up for this one. Eight to five. Another eight to five here on number two, Finite for Aspies and Santana on board. Five to two on Grand Crew Class A. Uh, four to one on Whoa, Nelly. Five to one on Risky Mandate. So... It's kind of your top choices here. What do you think? Yeah, I, you know, there's really no reason that I, that the two or the three doesn't win this race for, for me. I, I think Finite, you know, definitely got back kind of to her top form last time out, just barely missing uh, at the in the Raven run against Venetian Harbor. But I went with number three, Grand Crew, Crew Class A on top. I think we're going to get a little better price, so that's number one reason why. And uh, listen, only was beaten three quarters of a length uh, and only a half by Finite last time out. She also came out of the Raven run. But I think she's a little better when they go a little longer. You look at her races going a mile and a mile and a 16th, that seemed to be her best spots. So uh, I really like her to kind of pull off a mild upset here. Uh, I think her speed will play much better stretching out. Uh, you know, I think she was kind of outrun a little bit in the seven furlong race, but at a mile, mile and 16th, I definitely think this horse is going to be up on in the front end, and I think she can take him a long way. Yeah, those are the two for sure for me. Um, I ended up laying on Finite just because I thought that last race, even though she lost, was pretty good. I know Venetian Harbor did not do well in the Breeders' Cup, but the fact that, you know, obviously she pointed there. Um, I like the fact that they stayed pretty true. It's like, okay, you know, she ran, you know, Finite ran well there. We're not going to go to the Breeders' Cup anything crazy. We're going to run here. She loves Churchill. She's two for two at Churchill Downs. She loves this distance. Well, she's one for one at the distance. It's a kind of a, she's coming back to this distance, let's say, because she uh, obviously ran this race. Uh, I think it was like the Rags Riches, right? Um, this horse was kind of made for like a really big impression after breaking her maiden in this uh, in that race at Churchill Downs um, last year. So she's back to kind of that. I think a mile is kind of where she's going to be best, you know, this distance. So um, I think she's going to be tough. I, I like, I kind of like the speed play as well. I, I almost played Risky Mandate. Um, yeah, because I, I think this horse has a very good chance of just. I mean, look at this the way this horse has been. Last three works: one of twenty-four, uh, one of thirty-five, one of twenty-five. I mean, this horse has been blazing the last three works at Churchill Downs. Uh, comes into the race, kind of finally figured it out, kind of thing. Like, all right, goes you know goes gate to wire and looks awesome. Um, so this horse has a shot at going to gate to wire, I think. So I like the way the pace sets up for um, the two finite. So I like number two finite for me. Right, now the race of the weekend. And finally, let's go to Del Mar. Race two on the program, the Native Diver Stakes, grade three with 100K. For three-year-olds and up, going one and one-eighth miles, field of five shows up for this one, led by the heavy morning line favorite. Four to five on number four, Midcourt. Midcourt finally gets some class relief and finally runs at a distance, maybe even still longer than what he needs to run at, but he is a, he's in class relief. Class relief that he's needed for a long time. Can the class relief be enough to get this horse in the winner's circle? Boy, this is a trash race, isn't it? It's just the worst. <laughs> I mean, it is just the worst. Um, look, I I went with midcourt. I, I you know, I he really should win here. 
Uh, with no other like good horses in the race, maybe Victor will give him like a ride to try to win. So that's that, that would be step number one for this horse to try try to actually win. Um, yeah, this is a really bad race. You know, I, I thought about extra hope for a little bit. I thought about stellar sound for a little bit, but in the end, I just think Whitmore or Whitmore. I think Midcourt is just better than these horses, <laughs> and um, you know, I think I think Midcourt gets the win here. Yeah, dude, this was. Uh... Sorry, I'm, I'm watching my touchdown pass to Metcalf here. <laughs> Pretty sweet. Um, yeah, um, I think I, you got to go midcourt, right? I mean, it is, it's kind of painful to do, but you look at this horse, the poor guy, you know, finished third in the, in the awesome again to improbable and maximum security, obviously uh, improbable. Nothing, I mean, I don't know what the hell happened to maximum security, but uh, gets beat by maximum security in the Pacific Classic and Sharp Samurai, who ran okay at the Breeders' Cup as well. Finished, you know, going a mile, mile and a quarter that day, mile 16th. Gets beat by Maximum Security in the San Diego. That was back when Maximum Security was a little bit more Maximum Security-ish. Uh, improbable. Got beat by Improbable in the Gold Cup. I mean, geez, this horse is, hasn't ran at, at this distance in some time. At this distance, he's at three starts, he's got two wins. Um, and he likes Del Mar. So the class angle alone has given you enough. But, boy, would you... Who, like as far as the three three favorites, finite, uh, midcourt, and Sadler's Joy, who are like what what <laughs> three three awesome favorites? Um, who would you most likely play, and who's who would you least want to play as far as a win bet? I, I, no, I'm not going to play any of those horses as a win bet. I mean, I'm just <laughs> not. I, uh, you know. I guess I I would think even though I didn't pick her I think finite out of those three would be the one I'd be most likely to play a win bet on because you know I sit there and said look I think it's going to be one of these two horses so you know gun to my head say hey you've got to pick a winner out of one of these three favorites I think finite would be the one Uh, I I wouldn't do mid mid court just because of Victor honestly (laughs) so um, (laughs) so yeah I I would probably I would probably do finite I I, listen I I may I don't I don't know how you play this race I really don't I I guess the way you play it is you you play against you know midcourt and go against honestly like I would do stellar sound or probably just stellar sound because I don't think extra hope is going to be a good enough price either so I would just kind of do a small win wager I mean, really small on Stellar Sound and go on to the next race. The only way you play this race, there's two ways. One is you just you don't even worry about early card and just wait to play the late pick four and listen to the Magic Mike show and figure out what the hell they're doing. Or two, yeah. if you're playing the early pick five, you gotta get you gotta survive this race, you know. And and honestly, I, yeah, I wouldn't single this no, race at all. No, no, no. no. I I mean I mean I get it. I, I like it's one of those races that you could be midcourt wins by three or four eased and it's like. Mm-hmm. I was pretty stupid to go three deep, but at the same time, it's been a minute, right? It's been a minute since midcourt was like winning races, and I know it was earlier this year. But man, this horse has faced some monsters, and it's just kind of gotten beat easily. And it's just tough to kind of get back to a horse that you know you just don't want to. I mean, he was awesome in San Diego, and, and I get it. Um, yeah, I mean he's gonna. I think he's the pick, but. Boy, I, I'm with you. I, I would I would play as many as I can afford yeah. here. Yeah, it's a it's a dumb race. I haven't looked at the rest of the sequence. Hopefully, there's somewhere you can go short. And I mean, 
I mean, shit, it's five horses. So if you go all, it's not gonna like it's gonna cost you a lot if you go short somewhere else. So uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is just a jack off race. Uh, I mean, I, it's it's this 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 is the definition of this week. This is why we spend an hour on the damn mailbag because yep. nobody wants to sit here and listen to this bullshit on that native diver. You know. Well, on that note, let's finish it up. All right, <laughs> we're both on number four midcourt. It's all the time we have. Check us out at racingdudes.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our handicap products page. Click the products link at the main menu at racingdudes.com to learn more. Uh, be on the lookout. Big changes. It, it, we've it's kind of we've been so busy with the website or with with racing uh, that we haven't. You know, it just feels like it's it's flown by. But we are in the last stages of of some development of the site and a lot of big changes coming to the website. Things that are going to make our lives easier. Things will make your lives easier. Easier. Big changes. Big different looks coming. So. Uh, stay tuned in the next probably the next 30 days or so hopefully seeing some things roll out on the old site we're currently covering three plus tracks all offering free picks we're on twitter at racers for dudes instagram and facebook listen on soundcloud itunes google play music stitcher even the website racers.com here we go check out the magic mike show uh they did the del mar late pick four so we just talked about the early part of the card be able to check out what they thought what their thoughts are on the late pick four and uh, rumor is they got into a little bit of a hat <laughs> fight. Yeah. Uh, so you got you got to you got to go check that out. I'm gonna go check that out. I cannot yeah. wait. Oh yeah. Um, to listen to that. Uh, so go check out the Magic Mike show on all those same platforms. Remember, next week Thanksgiving. Of course, that means the Clark. Uh, so we'll be on next week to talk about the Clark and, and that card and lots so a lot better races, a lot of a lot better horses to talk about uh, next week. You have. Uh, Oh, you, yeah, your Thanksgiving plans got got washed out. So yeah, but pretty much all my family has COVID right now. So I don't thank you or th- thankfully, but yeah, so that's washed out. But uh, which honestly, I don't mind. You know, <laughs> it's yeah, exactly. really okay. Um, yeah, so that's that's done. Um, yeah, Magic Mike, man. Yeah, they had a little cat fight. Uh, it was over the uh, seventh race at Del Mar on Saturday. So. There you uh, go. Tune in for that. It got weird. Like I'm always like on the uh, on the background of the Magic Mike. I'm on I'm on like the uh, I'm watching it live, and they could they could bring me in at any time. But I told them not to. Uh, but uh, I like to be on the back end, and I'll post like I'll post a, 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 a like a comment up on the screen sometimes if they're mouthing them, just to have some fun. So uh, yeah, uh, it was it was kind of funny. It got weird. It got really weird. I I felt like my my two brothers were like fighting, and it was strange. But uh, yeah, and then hey, uh, as as Magic said, I'm going to be on the Magic Mike show on Monday, doing the uh, late uh, pick four for Clark Day. So make sure to check that out. What the hell is that about? You just jumping ship or what? Uh, I, I I I don't know. He asked me. I said yes. I have no idea why I'm going to be on. Didn't there. didn't ask me. That's funny. So well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's a reason why I hate that show. <laughs> I know. I mean, I I think I think I think Samich is on vacation, so mm. yeah, yeah, well, that's what's going on. Yeah, at least okay. I'll just save all my terrible comments. Oh yeah, Dennis, that's why I'm going on because because Samich quit after the <laughs> fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh oh. That, that authentic owner is uh, is upset. Yeah, let me let me get my uh, authentic. Hey. Be quiet. Yeah, <laughs> she's been she's been, strut, she's been strutting around here ever since she won the uh, the Breeders' Cup Classic. She thinks she's a hot shit, you know, talks yeah. shit all the time about being a classic winner. Um, <laughs> Millie, my my dog owns a piece of authentic, and she's she's pretty she's pretty hyped up about the old uh, 
the breeding deal for mm -hmm. sure. So mm -hmm. you better be uh, Ryan. Uh, uh, listen, it's Ryan's birthday today. I don't know if you're on for the first of the show, but it uh, it's Ryan's birthday. So uh, he probably is on lidocaine or, or something yeah, he, he, something even better. You know, so look out for yeah, look out for him. Oh, here you go. You're right. Uh, Give Slim the mic. My two sons fighting. Absolutely. Not my brothers. My sons. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. What's the shirt say? Yeah. Philly's like a fast and firm, baby. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we used to have that shirt for sale, and then the Karens of the world jumped down our throats, and so we had to take it off. But we still have some. So if you want one, yeah. message us, and we will get you one sent out. So. Yeah, um, we do have stuff though on the on uh, the website if you can you want to buy, um, but not the Karen shirts. We call them the Karen shirts, but it turns out I think the Karen shirts that's all people wanted. So yeah, it was our best selling <laughs> item, and then we had to pull them. So right. yeah. Uh, yeah, it's usually that, right? It's like that was the one shirt that everyone was like, you they absolutely loved. I mean, I had people requesting it like crazy or yeah. wanted to kill us. So yeah. um, and honestly, it never crossed our minds that it was. A bad thing, you know. We didn't mean anything by it. Um, but anyways, uh, all right. I think that wraps it up. Uh, we could talk longer, uh, but my authentic owner wants something. So, all right. <laughs> I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. Good luck this weekend. Try to get through it, and we'll be back next weekend for some better racing. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. <laughs>